Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. Okay, today we're talking about organizing with kids. Kids, or I should say most kids, have too many toys. We're about a week out from Christmas, and for a lot of parents, I know we're having those very conflicting thoughts. On one hand, we're super excited for our kids to open those gifts that we've looked for And we've wrapped and we love to see their excitement on Christmas morning when they come down and they see the abundance of toys and gifts that they have to unwrap. And there might be another part of your brain, because I know my brain is doing that, where I'm looking around my house that needs to be tidied up a little bit. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, are we really adding more stuff to all the stuff we already have? So if your brain is kind of dealing with these two conflicting things, you must listen to this episode. All right. First, I'm going to tell you a story about a past client. This client was a very wealthy client, and they were moving into a 7,000 square foot house. And this couple, it was a couple, and they had one child. And I think the child was maybe eight or nine years old. Um, But what they wanted to do is they wanted to make the upstairs loft their child's playroom. And I'm super, super bad about um, like how big judging how big things are. So I think the the size of the loft, I would guess, was probably a thousand square feet. So yeah, the it's bigger than some apartments some people live in. But <clears throat> we um, were happy to oblige. We set up their home for them. And then one of the last projects we did is we took all of these boxes up to the loft. And it was sort of divided. <clears throat> so the, um, we, we uh, suggested to the mother as far as zoning that we would do one half of the loft um, for like quiet activities and then the other half like active play. So how we zoned that was we just simply asked uh, what the child's two favorite colors were. So they were yellow and red. <clears throat> so when it came time to buying our labels and containers, We purchased red for active play and yellow and decor that kind of went along with it for the quiet um, play areas. They were super happy with uh, the results. And, um, but I have to say, this was kind of a turning point job for me because as I was going through step one and kind of helping with the declutter and sorting process, you know what I was doing? I was unwrapping this child's birthday presents. So this child had recently had a birthday. And again, a child from a very wealthy family, probably his party was attended by other children of very wealthy families. So the gifts that were given were, were very elaborate. Like we're talking like the really nice 
Lego sets. And it struck me because I noticed there was like a pile of of gifts and there was like one piece of wrapping paper torn so the child could just see what the gift was. And he didn't finish unwrapping it because he probably was overwhelmed. I mean, this, I mean, if you're sitting out there in judgment, don't, because can you imagine being given so many things and feeling overwhelmed? Because often that's, you know, how kids feel when they have too much stuff. And so, but it did strike me that there certainly wasn't a need or, you know, for all of these toys. I don't even know if they were all really wanted. And it felt really, really weird to unwrap a child's birthday gifts and then like open the packaging and, you know, put them in the containers or, you know, display them on the shelves. It felt really strange to me. But what it made me realize, and it changed me going forward when purchasing gifts for other children, the children in my life. So my nieces and nephews, my friends' children, I now try to be very conscientious about the types of gifts that I purchase. I kind of have like a three rule category. So I either try to buy an experience clothing or books. Um, An experience is like tickets to the movie theater or a trampoline park. Um, Clothing. I try not to be like too weird with the clothing because what kid is like, oh my gosh, James's mom gave me clothes. I try to do something like if they're into soccer, I'll get them a soccer, some soccer stuff. Or um, if they are a little one, I'll get them like a set of pajamas and a little book. Um, I am a hoarder of books. I love books. And so um, it is the one thing that I have the most difficult time getting rid of in my own home. And I really have a difficult time getting rid of my children's books. So anyway, I just feel like books can just be cherished forever. So those are my three things that I'll generally give as gifts um, to the children in our life. And it really stemmed from working on that project with that family. And they were a lovely family and the child was a wonderful child. So again, no judgment on that because I started noticing this in other clients' homes. So it doesn't matter. It's not about like a 7,000 square foot house thing. Most people, um, when we go in to their homes, they have the same issue with their kids. And I do too. I am guilty of this. There have been times where I've gone into my children's rooms and have seen unopened gifts that people have given them. And it's shocking to me. It just, it feels very wasteful. It just, it's just something that kind of sticks out to me and it it does bother me Um, because I know people have worked hard for their money and maybe feel obliged to give a gift that isn't appreciated like it should be. So... I'm, as I go through our steps in this podcast episode, I'm going to kind of talk about this a little bit more and um, just give you some ideas on things to consider with gift giving when it comes to kids. All right. So I always like to go through our steps. And if this is your first time listening, um, I use a four-step process to organize any space. And the first step is declutter and sort. The second is to create a zone. The third, label and contain. And the fourth is to teach and maintain. 
So let's go to step one, and we're actually going to start with just declutter. The first thing I want you to consider <clears throat> is really getting your kids involved in the declutter process. Some kids will be really open to it, like my daughter. My daughter will declutter my stuff. When my daughter goes on a declutter binge, she puts stuff in bags, and then I have to go through the bags because she will donate her brother's stuff. She will donate my stuff. She will donate everyone's stuff. Like She has no attachment to anything. I've actually um, had to stop her from donating like her baby blanket that's sentimental to me apparently is not sentimental to her and um but that is her like she is awesome she's just like lean and mean and she'll get rid of it she does not have attachment to most stuff my boys on the other hand I mean my both of them so I have a one in his 20s and then I have an elementary age son if you pick up a toy, <clears throat> my older one was like this too. If you pick up a toy, they can tell you everything about that toy. If it's a McDonald's toy, they'll remember who they went to McDonald's with, who bought them the Happy Meal, and how many times they've played with the toy. They are pack rats. I hope my son in his 20s, I think I hope he's like learned a little bit now that he's engaged and um I know his um lovely fiance. I think she's a little bit more organized than him. So hopefully she's broken him of some of these bad habits. But my elementary age son is certainly, <clears throat> excuse me, is certainly um, a hoarder. I mean, there's no other way about it. He is a hoarder. And I get a story about every single thing in his room. And it's gotten to the point where I just take like a little, I don't take like a garbage size bag. I take a grocery store plastic bag when we go through a declutter because that is the best that I'm going to get out of that kid. <clears throat> I do, I do go into my kids' rooms when they're not home and kind of finish up some cluttering and just straightening up. And I just have to do it because otherwise they struggle with it. But I do try to get them involved. Um, on the decluttering note, um, in our family, it's been very, very important to me for my children to understand the concept of charity. And um, probably it stems from my own childhood. So I grew up pretty poor. Like we, we always tinkered between poor and working class. Um, my mom worked very, very hard, but she has never had like a high paying job. So I completely understand what it's like to be poor or working class. I understand and I remember the excitement when friends or family member, uh, uh, they donated clothing or different stuff to us. I used to get super excited because it was always good stuff. And a lot of times it was in really good condition. And um there is a lot of shame when you are poor and even when you're working class, there's a lot of shame that goes with that. So on that, on that note, that's why I've always wanted to get my children involved in serving other children and the knowing and understanding the concept of giving and um, charities. And <clears throat> we had a wonderful example of this a few years ago. We try to do something around the holidays um, where we give back. And so there was an organization 
where you could adopt a family. So I went to the person that was um, heading this because normally when you adopt a family, you just give to the organization and then they are the ones that delivered to the families. But I had asked if we could help deliver to the family and that I could bring my children. So I brought my two oldest kids. My husband and I took our kids and we delivered um, toys and groceries um, and clothing to this single mom with two boys. Um, She lived in a studio. Um, They're called weeklies out here. Basically, it's kind of like a week by week rental. And so when you walk in the door, immediately to your left is their bed. And across from it, it's a small TV. Next to that is a small dinette. And then there's like a small kitchenette with like a sink, a small refrigerator and a cooktop. And that was shocking to my kids because they were, you know, face to face with children that were near their age. And they saw that these kids didn't have their own bedrooms. And um, we had asked what the sleeping arrangements were. And the mother said that she and the youngest child slept in the bed and that the oldest boy slept on the floor. And I think that really kind of struck my kids because um, they could really see firsthand how children close to their age, what their living situations were. And I'm very, very grateful for that. So we spent about an hour with this family just kind of unloading and helping her set up things in her apartment. And um, my husband took the kids outside and there was like a courtyard area and they threw around a football and played. And I was grateful for even that moment because like I said, um, having been a poor kid myself, again, there's a lot of shame and people pity you a lot. And it was nice to see my family interacting with this family without any of that. There was no pity. They were laughing by the end of the time that we spent with them. The kids were running around, you know, playing. The mother was obviously very, very grateful And it was a really cool experience for our family. So if you can ever get involved in something to that level, I highly, highly encourage you to. And sometimes it's as simple as just asking because that's all I did. I just said, hey, instead of us just giving and dropping off at a drop-off location, can we actually serve this family and meet them face-to-face? And even though that was a few years ago, I still remember that day. I mean... I remember every detail about it. It was that impactful. And it's definitely something that my children have brought up over the years. So if you can, with the declutter process, again, teach your children about when they do donate their toys, who is it going to? And maybe even if you have a story of your own, like why it matters. I always tell my poor kids, like the, you know, I used to walk to school barefoot uphill both ways type of stories and stuff. So my kids are like, they've heard it all. So I, um, I am very proud of where I've come from. I've worked very hard in my life. And um, I'm very grateful to live in a society where through hard work, I can overcome a lot of those economic challenges. So anyway, there's my little soapbox about decluttering. Um, the other part of step one is sorting. So basically with sorting, you just want to do type of toy. Books go with books, Legos go with Legos, dollies go with dollies, Um, kitchen, you know, sets go with kitchen sets. So that's just kind of how you want to do it as you're decluttering and getting rid, donating 
um, toys that are in good condition, but throwing away the, the broken stuff and then just going through and then sorting them by the type of, of um, activity or the type of toy that it is. And, okay, so the reason we have sorting is that naturally takes us into step two, which is create a zone. And a zone is where does everything belong in your house? And so when you are zoning with kids, I'm a big advocate of zoning by activity. So my own personal home with my school-age child, um, we have a two-story home. Um, So in his bedroom, I encourage him to keep his toys that he likes to play with that are special to him. We do have space in our home. We're very blessed to have space in our home downstairs for um, like a playroom. And what's in that room are sort of the toys that he doesn't mind if other kids play with. Toys always get broken and it's like, you know, sometimes a disaster when someone's broken your favorite toy. Um, And so that's kind of how we do it. And also I have um, family members that have small children and that way too, I don't want the, the small ones, the little ones to come upstairs. So I always have like little farm animals or books or the baby toys um, in some bins downstairs for those little guys. But basically, zone, you want to think of zoning by activity. Going back to the um, story that I told you about my client, we did a quiet, which was reading arts and crafts, um, anything, you know, puzzles, anything where the kids will just kind of sit and be quiet. So that's what you can think of. Um, the other side is like the active. So these are, you know, the cars and the, um, Legos and, um, the train sets, the kitchens, the play kitchens. Um, obviously I'm using a lot of boy references cause it's been a minute since I've had a little girl. Um, but the dress up areas, all of that where they're more active and, and stuff. And so you kind of want to look around your house and what fits that? Where are your kids naturally playing? And that'll give you an idea of where to set up your zones. The other thing about zoning is um, color coding. This isn't something that I implement in my own home with color coding for kids, but I have done this for other clients. Again, I did it for the client that we set up with the quiet zones. Again, yellow, anything with yellow, yellow containers, Um, that all went to the quiet side, anything with red, red bins went to the active side and on the color coding, um, through my years as a professional organizer, I've helped a lot of homeschool parents with organizing their homeschool spaces and color coding actually worked really, really well for homeschool parents. Um, homeschool parents tend to be on the more organized side. Um, they're wonderful. I've learned so much from them. But we've even taken a step further with the color coding. For instance, I had a mom and she wanted to keep sort of the non-school books separate from the um, school books, but she just had one bookcase. So in order to overcome that, what we did was we just purchased the little tiny colored dots and so I don't remember what the colors are, were. So like red were for the school book. So we just put like a little tiny dot on the, the binding of the book or on the back. And the kids knew when they had a red dot book, that was the school book to put it away. And then I think the blue was the other color. And those were the books that they could read outside of their <clears throat> school time. Um, so 
color coding is just as simple as that. You can use like a label system. You can use it by bins. You can use little stickers just to kind of let your kids know when it's time to tidy up, where does everything go? So that's a tip on um, creating a zone. All right, step three, label and contain. I am super boring here. I encourage you to stick to the same color of containers as I do, or as I tell you to do in the rest of your home, clear, white, and black. Um, I will say gray is kind of good. And I just kind of feel like I like a gray. I buy a lot of gray containers for my kids. Um, probably cause I had like boy, girl, boy, <clears throat> and it just gray kind of went with boy stuff and it went with girl stuff. Um, so I did add gray in for this, but basically clear, you can see through it. So it, you don't always have to label it white and black. If you need to purchase a new container, because kids are very, very hard on containers. So I don't recommend <laughs> that you spend a lot of money on that. They'll use them as weapons. They'll stand on them. They'll sit in them. They'll put their, you know, baby brother and drag him around the house in it, um, so I encourage you to not spend a ton of money when it comes to buying containers for your kids' stuff. But if you do, try to stick to like clear white and black. Um, I do recommend that you label as much as you can. I do do the labeling process the most in my house with my um, kids' toys. Um, labels get torn up. They get um, lost. I don't know what happens to them sometimes. Um so it's always kind of this process. Keep the labels really general. Like I have one that's just says um, trains. So anything train related goes in one. I have one that just says animals. So if it's animal, if it's an animal, it goes into that bin. So I keep them very broad, very general. <clears throat> um, the other thing is, I don't know the names of all my kids' toys. I get super confused with you know, what's a Minecraft toy versus uh, Roblox or whatever. So I, um, I just say building blocks, um, for those types of things, uh, for dress up, I have girl dress up stuff and I have boy dress up stuff. Um, so I have everything from princesses to pirates. So it all goes in one bin and it's just labeled dress up. Uh, one type of label that does work really well for kids is dry erase. So they have them, they have sticky versions where you can just stick on and then just write on a dry erase marker and anything that's kind of removable um, because you'll want to label different toys down the road. So if you can't remove it and you have something that's really stuck on there for a long time, um, I want you to be able to reuse the container. So just to save you money, try to make sure that the labels are removable. All right, so we're moving into step four, teach and maintain. In this, I just want to introduce you to the one thing, the best thing I ever implemented with my kids, and it's the 20-minute tidy. I actually have a download of this on my website. So if you go to oneorganizedmama.com, it's a free download. It's really super cute. My graphic designer made it in this really cute colors. And basically, it's you set a timer for 20 minutes. Everyone kind of knows um, it's time to pick up and put stuff away where it goes. We've actually implemented this. So my family does it immediately after dinner, and we implement the kitchen. Um, the kitchen is one of my daily three tasks that I make sure to get done every day. And yes, I recruit my family to help me with that because I am not the only one messing up that kitchen. 
So what we do is after dinner, everyone knows, everyone just kind of after doing it for years, jumps into their roles. My daughter does the um, dishes and the counter. She puts her stuff away. And then my younger son runs around and picks up, puts people's shoes away, backpacks away. Um, I kind of walk around and gather all of the papers that have accumulated throughout the day and they go in my drop zone. So we have this down to a science, so it takes about 20 minutes. We do, we've done this so often. My kids are pretty well trained with this that I actually don't set the timer anymore. But, um, if you're just starting out, it's something that's kind of good. And, um, if you want to do like some kind of reward system, um, again, you don't have to buy anything for rewards. Sometimes a reward could be pick the family movie that we're going to watch on family movie night, or you get to pick where, um, uh, what we eat for dinner tomorrow night or next time we order pizza, you know, give them rewards where you don't have to actually go out and buy something. But definitely, <clears throat> I encourage you to every single day, get your family together and spend about 20 minutes to tidy your home. Now, tidying will only work if you have a place where everything in your home belongs. Because if you don't, then you're just gonna have piles of clutter everywhere. So you really need to go back to decluttering, <clears throat> creating a zone, um, labeling containing stuff to make sure that the teach and maintain step of the process is effective because you need to know where stuff goes in your house, basically. Um, the other thing to consider when it comes to keeping toys and, and all of the stuff that kids accumulate um, under control is to implement it, implement it into your monthly purge. This is another free download that I have on my website. Um, and it's just a 12 month checklist. So every <clears throat> month you have one space that you go through and you just focus on purging that space that will help you more than you realize, because you'll think like really only go through my garage once a month to purge it. But in reality, <clears throat> if you don't have a schedule, how often do you really go through your home and focus on just purging one space? A month goes by very quickly, as we all know. So just focus on one space a month. Make sure if you have kids, you're implementing one month out of the year where you go through <clears throat> and do a monthly purge. Um, obviously, December's a great month to do that before all of the new haul of toys and stuff comes in on Christmas morning. All right. <clears throat> so as I wrap up, sorry for my um voice here. I've um it's just that time of year where all that gunk is going around. But anyway, I wanted to just encourage you going forward to give the gift of experience and not stuff. I have learned this throughout the years with my kids. Um I may seem super mean, but I actually, on my kids' birthdays, they get either a gift from me or a party. They don't get either. And I, a lot of times the gift is an experience. So we're taking them to go and do something fun as a family because I just think that, you know, the experience is something that's well worth the money. It's definitely creating memories. It's something that often the whole family can be involved in. Um, and it just, it, to me, it's just the way to go as opposed to just accumulating a lot of stuff. Obviously I'm a professional organizer, so I'm not on the bandwagon of like 
go buy more stuff. But if you are, that is totally fine. But I just want you to consider going forward, especially the older that your children get or for the other children in your life, is bless them with um, the gift of experience. Just something to consider. I want to thank you all so much for continuing to listen to my podcast. Thank you so much for those of you who are out there sharing it with your friends and your family members. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the comments. Um, Continue to send them to me. Send me them via Instagram, Facebook, or um, email, and I'll continue to uh, come up with these great topic ideas that some of you guys give me and I uh, look forward to to seeing our to having you on the next episode. I um hope you guys are having a stress-free week before Christmas and it's not kind of driving you too nuts out there and you're enjoying the time with the people that you love most. So again, thanks for listening to the One Organized Mama podcast. Thank you.